0: Welcome to this Peer Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash NSS. This independent learning activity is funded by Alexion, AstraZeneca Rare Disease. Thrombotic microangiopathies, or TMAs, are defined as a group of diseases centered around injury to the vascular endothelium. The complement system plays a major role in delivering this injury. Complement can do this in two major forms, a primary or a secondary form. In the primary form of TMA, such as atypical HUS, complement is dysregulated at the level of the endothelium, either caused by a genetic mutation or the presence of a dysregulating antibody. In the secondary forms of TMA, complement is dysregulated in context of a concomitant decision or the use of drugs, infections, autoimmune diseases, malignancies, hypertension, a whole list of uh, conditions. The consequence of injury to the endothelium in both cases um, is the involvement of the coagulation cascade with the formation of blood clots, impaired profusion of the dependent tissue, and with that, um, subsequent dysfunction of those tissues.
1: It's a fascinating disease because of its widespread manifestations. It's going to have hematologic effects, renal effects, and neurological effects. You'll see a thrombocytopenia, or maybe just a 25% drop from the baseline platelet level, You'll see a microangiopathic hemolytic anemia with the features of dropped hemoglobin, high LDH, schistocytes on the smear, as well as low haptoglobin as it's capturing free hemoglobin in the bloodstream. Typical features of renal impairment include a reduced GFR, proteinuria, hematuria, and high blood pressure, and neurological manifestations could be quite myriad, including reduced mental status, focal deficits, and even seizures. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that this diagnosis is commonly made in the emergency department. So although rare, uh, thrombotic microangiopathies fall into that category of can't-miss-diagnoses. And this is a combination of the features of that nuanced presentations that I mentioned, the high morbidity, and the risk of rapid deterioration.
0: So Dr. Lang, could you tell us about some of those nuanced presentations? What are the more common types of TMA's you encounter?
1: Things that are familiar to us include TTP or thrombotic cytopenia purpura, which is an ADAMTS13 deficiency. ADAMTS, as a reminder, is an essential molecule in the clotting cascade, deficiencies of which will promote thrombosis. There's the atypical HUS, that's hemolytic uremic syndrome that Dr. Lift mentioned, which is due to endothelial damage and the triggering of the complement cascade. Uh, and then finally, uh, what we're also aware of is how shiga toxin-producing E. coli, whether it be through a bloodborne infection or an intestinal infection, that toxin in and of itself can trigger a TMA. So let's take a look at how we might be able to differentiate uh, these etiologies with a patient case. So imagine you have a four-year-old previously healthy boy coming to the emergency department with abdominal pain, diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting for the last four days. Certainly not an uncommon presentation. However, what alarmed the parents is that he started to demonstrate blood in the stool and is just not behaving normally. He's lethargic and generally unwell. So one of the things that first draw your attention to the laboratory investigations, which will point you to a microangiopathic hemolytic anemia is the signature presence of, of course, low red blood cells, low platelets, low haptoglobin levels, a high LDH. So for example, these would be the results in this young boy, notice Coagulation parameters remain normal. The smear demonstrates that there is a thrombocytopenic process going on, as well as fragments pointing to the hemolytic anemia. A number of entities might be on your differential, but based on what we've seen, I think we can narrow it down. So firstly, TTP is going to be very unlikely because it's a pediatric patient. TTP is almost always associated with adults. Itp is not likely. Although there's reduced thrombocytopenia, it would not explain the low hemoglobin level and the microangiopathic hemolytic anemia. We're probably actually dealing with a hemolytic uremic syndrome, which is in fact the most likely cause of acute renal failure in a child below five years of age, be it through toxin or through HUS primarily. And of course, you might be wondering about DIC because of uh, the hematological abnormalities. But remember. In this young man all of the coagulation profiles are normal so dic is actually very unlikely the clinical clues can help us narrow in on the possibilities but we would still need confirmation clearly at this point we'll need to involve our specialist colleagues and given the nature of tmas and the involvement of the kidneys hematology and nephrology consultation is essential and these teams will help us narrow the differential diagnosis by ordering tests that we don't normally order. So, Dr. Leck, what would be the next layer to sorting through this differential diagnosis when the patient moves out of the hands of the emergency physician? To establish a diagnosis of TTP, Adam
0: TS13 levels, an enzyme level, is measured. And if this activity, the enzyme's activity, is less than 5%, we deal with a diagnosis of TTP. Shiga toxin HS can be established by the um, demonstration of the presence of the toxin either in stool or blood or the presence of bacteria in the stool of patients. And by virtue of exclusion of those two plus the list of div, um, secondary TMAs as we have seen on an earlier slide, atypical HGS. As a, uh, as a diagnosis is established. So, applying these steps um, to our patient, um, an ADAM TS13 level and a Shigatoxin HES testing um, would have been ordered. And with an ADAM TS13 level being above the 5% level, um, and a negative test for, for Shigatoxin or um, um, E. coli in the stool of the patient those two differential diagnoses would be excluded. We would consider uh, the presence of any of the secondary causes for TMA, such as a concomitant disease or um, um, an elevated blood pressure level or the use of certain drugs. And in the absence of all of these um, features um, or conditions, the the lead differential diagnosis for this uh, patient would become atypical HES. It is important to note that once we have recognized the signs of TMA, we will likely need to start empiric treatment as these patients can deteriorate quickly. We may not be able to wait for some test results to come back. If it is shiga toxin and you are pretty certain that's what it is, you would offer supportive therapy, maybe intensified fluid therapy, caloric management, renal replacement for patients with renal failure, and so on. If TTP is is a plausible diagnosis, in particular, when you're dealing with an adult patient in eMERGE, the mainstay in the first line is usually plasma exchange, plus minus some sort of immunosuppressive treatment, including steroids or possibly rituximab, while you await confirmatory tests. Ideally, this is done through joint decision-making. But in my clinical practice, it is more likely to be a nephrology-driven decision for children versus if it was an adult hospital, it would be most likely be more a hematologist. For children, it would be only the very, rare, exceptional case that it is TTP. So you would try to either expedite the workup or start those patients empirically on up rather than plasma treatment and then switch to plasma in case ts 13 levels came back and were low. How would the workup of this patient and the results that we have collected so far inform now our treatment decision? The recommendation would be to establish this patient on a complement modulating treatment, addressing um, the terminal pathway of the complement cascade, Currently, the medication that we have for that is up. In summary, atypical HS shares many of the presenting characteristics of other thrombotic microangiopathies and confirmatory genetic results are not available at the time of presentation. So an understanding of the concept of its pathophysiology, the recognition of alternative causes to include in the differential, as well as the prompt triaging of patients are three important steps to ensure patients receive the care they need in a timely manner. Dr. Lang, would you like to add anything else?
1: No, I think that's great, Dr. Licht. Of course, I would wanna emphasize that uh, TMA, although we don't think of it in the same bucket as stroke and myocardial infarction, is a time sensitive condition, and there is a risk for rapid deterioration. So when those abnormal labs come back, it's not the kind of case where you would say, all right, I'll get to this at the end of my shift. These are things that require urgent attention.
0: Thank you very much, Dr. Lang. And
1: thank you to our audience for listening. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.